Blowing my buzz, quit killing it. So buy another round and try to shut us down. Body now a hug on, but we still in this bitch. We still in this. Welcome back. This time, as promised, back-to-back episodes for you guys. And I have a new guest, one of my best friends, Andrew Bradish. Welcome, Andrew. How you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. You hit me up last week and uh, asked if you could be on the pod this week. And I was like, hell yeah, we'll make a spot. You know, I'd already had Brad confirmed for yesterday. And I was like, we'll make this work. So, as promised, here you are. And uh, we're going to do a deep dive into the AFC East today. Yesterday, we did a deep dive into the AFC North, touched on the Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, and Browns. You're a Dolphins fan. I'm a Patriots fan. It's fitting that we do the AFC East. But unlike yesterday, we're actually going to start off with some rapid-fire questions to get to know you. So how do you feel? I'm feeling it. Let's go. All right, man. First question, favorite sports team? Ohio State Buckeye football. Favorite non-Dolphin ever? LeBron James. All-time favorite athlete? LeBron James. Favorite Buckeye ever? Braxton Miller. Ooh, okay. Madden or 2K? 2K. Game of Thrones or The Office? Game of Thrones. Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi. McDonald's or Burger King? Uh, McDonald's. Marvel or DC? Marvel, no question. Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker? Give me Vader. Man, you're such a heel. (laughs) (laughs) LeBron James or Michael Jordan? I feel like I have two questions to answer this, so I'll stick with LeBron. Let's go, LeBron. Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, yes or no? Absolutely. I'm not a base much of a baseball guy, but it's a shame he's not in. Yeah. Favorite Pop Tart? S'mores. Oh, all day. That's the best Pop Tart on the planet. No question. No Skip question. Bayless? Yeah. Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Oof. Neither. Really? You hate them both. No, I can't stand them. That's fair. How do you like your steak? Medium rare. Burrow or Tua? Uh, I'm going to go Burrow. Not as injury prone. Best sports team you've ever seen in any sport? In my lifetime or all time? That you've got to see play. Um, that big three in Miami was pretty unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, that team was pretty loaded. All right. Well, let's get right into it. I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory here on the AFC East. Obviously, it's no secret. We've talked about it a ton on this pod. Brady's gone. So here's the backstory here. The AFC East division winners. I'm going to give you the last time they won and then a cool little fact about them winning. Okay. The Patriots last won in 2019, just last year. They won 17 division titles just with Tom Brady on the roster. Okay. Miami Dolphins last won in 2007. They have won 12 since the 1972 season when they went undefeated. 
The New York Giants. I'm sorry, the New York Jets. Their last win was in 2002. This is a wild stat. They have four AFC East titles all time. That's it. Buffalo has the longest drought. And we'll talk about this in a minute, but I think they have a really good chance of winning the division this year. They last won in 1995. And that capped off that 1995 season capped off a six out of eight dating back to 1988. So they had won six out of eight years. So they had a small little Patriots dynasty going on. So with that being said, let's, let's start off with uh, your dolphins. Yeah, Uh, obviously, obviously they got a new head coach. They have, I think going into the free agency, they had the, the top cap space. They had more cap space than anybody, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. And we still have, I think, 40 or 50 million left to spend. Wow. And they got lots of draft picks. Yeah, three, three in the first round, two in the second. Um, one of them, obviously, is top ten. I want to say it's the fifth pick. Um, yeah, it's an exciting offseason for us. So let's break down the Dolphins. Brian Flores comes in last year, starts off 0-8 maybe. I think it might even been more than that. I know you went to a game, went and seen him play the Browns. Not very good. Not a very good season. But no. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they uh, they were so bad they didn't even know how to tank because they started to win games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it did it did really seem like we were tanking. I mean, it seemed like we found every way possible to lose. We lost on turnovers. We lost on giving up points. You know, we one game we even let the other team return an onside kick for a touchdown. Um, I yeah, feel like that's, that's almost about as tanking as you can get. Yeah, uh, but then we turned it around. Won five out of seven games. Um, really turned it around. Gave me a lot of confidence in Brian Flores. Um, you know, he had been kind of preaching how he was against tanking, and I wasn't sure if I was buying into that based on our record. But the way we finished the season, it definitely uh, gave me a lot of confidence in him. Yeah. So obviously, probably last year one was, was definitely one of the younger teams. Now you're going into this year, definitely going to be one of the younger teams. But you go out and you make tons of splash free agents. You bring in Kyle Van Noy from the Patriots. You bring in a stellar corner, Byron Jones from the Cowboys. What? Uh, let's break down some of these 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 signings. How are you feeling? I love it. Um, I actually thought the defense was one of our strengths last year. Um, it was young, and that obviously showed in um, some of those veteran offenses we played, like New England, and um, just, just showed the inexperience. Um, young guys like Raquan McMillan and Jerome Baker at linebacker, uh, both from my Buckeyes. But, yeah, I love the Kyle Van Noy ad for that. Um, that definitely gives them a veteran linebacker there to run the defense, uh, familiar with Brian Flores' uh, defense and philosophy. So that was exciting. Um, obviously, the Byron Jones move is awesome. Uh, I know people like to criticize a little bit because of the low interceptions. But you look at the completion percentage and QBR he gives up, and it's very low numbers. Um, a lot of guys don't throw his way. And then putting him opposite of Xavier Howard, I mean, I think that's a awesome one-two combo at corner. Um, you know, you got some I'd, of the... I'd have, to yeah. interrupt you right there. Yeah, go ahead. I'd have, to re- I'd have to really think about who has a better one-two combo. At corner, I don't think anybody. New England's is pretty good with, with Gilmore because I think Gilmore is the best corner in the league, and then you have J.C. Jackson on the other side. That's really good. 
but I still don't think it's as good as what Xavier Howard and Byron Jones can be. Right. I think I, I agree with you. Stephon Gilmore is the best corner in the league, but if you're talking your one and two corners, I think it's Miami hands down over New England there. Yeah, no, I, I probably uh, tend to agree with you there. Um, you know, we, we got rid of uh, Rashad Jones at safety. Um, he was a guy I liked, but big cat getting older, injured. Um, I understand the move. And then um, another move we made this offseason a lot of people didn't talk about is adding Shaq Lawson, defensive end from the Bills. Yeah. Um, I like the move. Division. Yeah, so we're taking him from a division rival, obviously, adding him to our team. That was a weak position um, in the pass rush last year. You know, pairing him opposite Christian Wilkins, a rookie we took last year out of Clemson. Um, I'm excited what Brian Flores is doing on the defense. I think he's – getting guys that, you know, play his system. I think he's really looking at, you know, some of the maturity in these guys too and trying to avoid locker room problems as well, which is something I'm big on. So I'm really excited to see what a defensive coach like Brian Flores can do with this defense. Yeah, I want to touch on locker room problems. So Adam Gase comes in, has a track record of coaching with Peyton Manning, comes into the Dolphins. He, I'm pretty sure he inherits – I think Devontae Parker was there first, correct? Yes. So he inherits Devontae Parker. I don't know if he de- inherited Jarvis Landry either, but that doesn't really matter. But Parker kind of gets put in the doghouse for whatever reason. I, I I still don't know that anybody truly knows the, the true reason. Why, you know, I think there was some practice issues or whatever not. But he gets put in the doghouse, never really capitalizes on his first-round wide receiver potential that everybody thought he had coming out of Louisville. Right. And last year in the second half of the season, completely turns it around under Brian Flores and starts to flourish. Where do you think his 2020 is? Um, I think he's going to continue to build off it. You know, I'm not going to blow it out of proportion and say he's, you know, Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins level by any means. Um, but I could see him, you know, easily eclipsing a thousand yards, double digit touchdowns. Um, I don't think a hundred receptions. I think he's more of a, um, a deep threat guy. And, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're either going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick or a, potentially a young rookie quarterback. So I'm not expecting him to get a lot of balls his way, but um, I'm expecting a Pro Bowl caliber-esque type of season. And then I know you uh, you touched on his quote-unquote locker room potential issues with Gase. Uh, he wasn't the only one. You know, Gase had – he kind of rubbed elbows with Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake. You know, there was a lot of these offensive guys that he – didn't get along with and he shipped him out you know it makes you start to wonder who's the actual problem because as soon as he touched down he takes a touchdown in in the Jets and we'll talk about them in a minute he starts having issues with Le'Veon Bell right you know you know and you kind of got to look at the common denominator there you know you got all these different players and then one coach you know what's the consistent factor there and I and I understand my from my understanding is he was coming in there and did not want them to sign Le'Veon Bell. He didn't want the a running back with a big contract. But you know what, Le'Veon Bell is still a good player. Uh, it's just it just goes to show you. I, I think that uh, Adam Gase is not long for this league. My opinion. We'll we'll touch on that more in a minute. Yeah. Let's uh let's put the Dolphins here. So you got Jordan Howard at running back, uh, coming off back to back thousand yard seasons, correct? Um, it was a couple of years ago, actually. It was when he was okay. still with the Bears. Okay. And then he had a so, short injury- with Philadelphia, and now 
he's on the Dolphins. Okay. Do you think that uh, – do you think he's the week one starter? I hear lots of talk that potentially a running back is either in the first or second round for you guys. Um, I think we're going to split. I mean, you look at a lot of these teams that are competing for championships year in and year out, they don't have true number one running backs. They've got multiple guys that, you know, for different formations or different packages, and um, it just allows you to have multiple options. You know, we got Howard on a pretty cheap deal, uh, one or two years. So it's not like we sold the farm to get him. Um, I do like the running backs in this draft class. I don't like any in the first round. I don't va- think there's value there, um, especially with the depth this year. But, you know, you've got Doug Swift out of Georgia. I think that's his, uh, DeAndre Swift, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. You know, there's, there's a few of these running backs that are – they're projecting late first, but I think they'll be there in the second. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. With it, We can debate this all day long, what what we should value a running back as. But unfortunately, the, the running back right now is not a valued position. Not no. in the sense of monetary value and not in the sense of drafting one. Because you find all the time these late round or even undrafted running backs. Uh, who's the one? Pay, uh, Philip Lindsay, right out of, out of uh, Denver. Right comes in drafted goes for a thousand yards to a pro bowl his first season it just shows you the precedence that you don't need a top tier back and chances are let's say you take a top tier back that top tier back becomes melvin gordon melvin gordon decides after three years hey i'm ready to sit out of camp because i want a deal and then you have to deal with that because to be honest they deserve to be paid but it's just it's just the precedence that we don't need you right i mean and I don't think it's just for the running back position. I just think in general, you know, these guys that hold out for money and, you know, obviously they deserve it. You know, they're putting their bodies on the line. They're taking beatings, you know, day after day at practice and, you know, going against 300-plus pound, pound men running, you know, five-second 40s. That's a lot of force on your body. Um, but I respect the teams that don't give in, that, you know, kind of stick to their roots and um, spread the wealth to build an overall team. Uh, stat that I heard recently – um, in the last 20 years, no team has won a Super Bowl if they're paying a single player 20% of their cap. So if you're paying a guy a max contract, you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that, and this isn't me being cocky, I think part of that is New England kind of skews the the average there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's I mean, 6 out of 20, but the there's still 14 other teams. I know, but a lot of those teams are built right, and, and, and traditionally you have the Steelers in there in the last 20 years who are built right. There's, there's a lot of teams out there. Uh, you know, Denver is the one that sticks out where just a couple of years ago, Super Bowl 50, they won the Super Bowl, and they were paying a ton of guys. Right. You know, I think the only guy they weren't paying at the time was Von Miller, who ended up getting paid out of that Super right. Bowl. But they were paying a ton of guys. Yeah, so uh, Super Bowl windows in the league are short. You know, you got – you get guys at the tail end of their rookie deal or they struggle on their rookie contract. So you get them for a cheap price. Um, you know, part of it is luck a little bit, obviously there's skill involved in coaching and whatnot, but um, you know, ultimately it, you know, they say any given Sunday and it's really any given season. So it, if contracts line up and you're able to get all that talent for a year, take advantage of it. Cause you're probably not going to have that in a year or two. And you know what? I, 100% agree with you, and that is why I've been pretty vocal about all these people that want to put 
Pat Mahomes in the Tom Brady conversation already. Let's wait till you pay him forty million and he takes up twenty percent of your cap. Let's right. talk then. Exactly. Let's talk because right now you have Sammy Watkins and you have you know uh, Tyree Kill and you got Travis Kelsey and you got all these speedy receivers. What happens when everybody gets paid and and Pat Mahomes wants to take on the first forty million dollar contract? I just you you run out. You either don't have a defense or you don't have a team. Right. I hundred. Yeah, it'll catch up. It'll catch up. Right now, the, the Chiefs are in that window that you just talked about where everybody's comfortably getting paid and they have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and it's working out. I could see the Chiefs, and you know we'll probably talk about this in a little bit with the AFC, but the Chiefs are probably a favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not even probably. They're, they're, they're probably a top three. Agreed. Putting three teams out there, or four teams, they're, they're definitely one of them. So uh, let's move on here. Uh, the Dolphins. They trade Lermy Tunsil. They have they get a couple of first rounders back. So this year they got three first rounders. They got two seconds. They got the most top one hundred picks in the entire draft. What are you looking to do? What do you think they uh, What do you think they do here? Um, I'm going to go a little off the grid here. I do not want a quarterback in the first round. There is a guy I really like. That is probably there in the third, but I would be absolutely content in the second. And that is Jake Fromm out of Georgia. Um, I've been really high on him since his senior at high school. He was on QB1 under the lights with Tate Martell, who infamously left Ohio State, went to Miami and still couldn't start. Um, I just think he's what you want a quarterback. He's got the size. He's got the arm. He's not the most mobile quarterback, but he can still move enough. He's not like a Peyton Manning where he's stuck in the pocket. Um, really level head on his shoulders, great leadership. Um, his freshman year, he took Georgia to the national championship game um, to be – they lost to Bama, which a lot of people do. So, you know, I think there's a lot of talent in the first round. You know, like you mentioned, trading Tunsil, uh, that's a spot we need to fill at tackle. Um, I would love to get one of these top receivers maybe to put opposite Devontae Parker, like a Jerry Judy. Um, And then defense, you know, we still need some pass rushers, uh, maybe a safety in the late first. And then, you know, with those two picks in the second, you could argue quarterback, running back, rookie backfield. Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely go out and get another tackle. They need another running back. They need definitely another receiver. Uh, a Judy or you got uh, Lamb. Yeah, they got Jefferson out of LSU. There's, there's, this is a loaded wide receiver class. If you want to stick around and you want to wait for uh, Jake Fromm, I, you definitely can do it. You definitely can build in other places. And uh, I'll tell you what, Jake Fromm's value is probably higher than where he will be drafted. Yes. But I just don't know that uh, – He's your franchise quarterback. That's just my opinion. We'll see. Time will tell. I For me, that- it's more looking at the top quarterbacks. I mean, I obviously the whole world knows uh, Joe Burrow's gone number one. Um, so that really leads it down to two or three guys. You got Justin Herbert and um, Tua out of Bama. Um, personally, I'm not high on Tua. Um, injury-prone quarterbacks kind of scare me a little bit, especially when it's before they even hit the NFL where guys are bigger, faster, stronger. 
and he's undersized, which I get 5'11 isn't short by any means, but, you know, you got, your, you know, your typical pro, uh, prototypical quarterback, you know, 6'4", and, you know, looks like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning size-wise. Um, and then Justin Herbert, I'm just not really sold on. Um, I'm not really sold on the Pac-12 defenses. Um, I think we're kind of seeing that a little bit with uh, Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold in the NFL. They're not really succeeding and uh, a lot of turnovers because they haven't really seen even remotely an NFL defense um, in college. So I'm not really high on the top end quarterbacks this year. Yeah, I have uh, I have a few predictions. I'm going to hold them off to my draft episode, but uh, I have a few predictions as well for the for the quarterbacks of the first round. But I do want to touch on Joe Burrow a little bit. Yeah. What is your take on – I don't know that it's got a lot of steam, but there is a small rumor out there that the, the Dolphins would trade the farm to get the number one pick. What do you think? I understand the logic behind it. Uh, people think that we just have a couple minor holes on our team and that you know getting a quarterback in there is what we need. Um, I just don't think our team is – our roster is there for a rookie quarterback. Um, I think there are some rosters in this league where you could virtually put any rookie quarterback, top rookie quarterback in there, and they'll probably get you pretty far. Um, I don't think our roster is there yet. I think the move makes a ton of sense for the Bengals because they have holes at every level on offense and defense. Um, so, you know, the rumor of trading all three first-rounders for it makes total sense for the Bengals. I just I just don't see it being a good fit for Miami. Yeah. The thing is, is a first-round pick, they say that you should get 10 years out of them. The reason they say that is you have a – the first-round picks get a four-year plus one, so they get an option in the fifth year. The team gets an option in the fifth year. So then once you get that fifth year, you, you select them. Then you can tag them. Then you sign him to another four-year deal. So you essentially can have a player for 10 years under an affordable contract. It is a huge thing to give up a first-round pick. It really is. And if you're giving yeah. up three for one player, they better be damn good. And I just think that Miami should hold Pat. I don't think they should give up the three first-rounders. I, I think agree. That, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but Tom Brady's gone now. Tom Brady's gone. AFC East yeah. is wide. The AFC East is wide open. There's no longer TB12 in New England getting 10 to 12 wins and keeping the Dolphins out of the playoffs. The Dolphins are going to keep the Dolphins out of the playoffs now. The Bills are the other strong team. Agreed. But right now, it's it's a great opportunity to take those three first rounders and maybe bring in a veteran quarterback, which leads me to my next question: Cam Newton to Miami. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't want to touch it. Um, I've honestly never been a huge Cam Newton fan. Um, he was fun to watch in college. He was fun to watch in the beginning of his career in the NFL. Um, he takes a lot of hits. Um, not the most efficient quarterback, not a Jameis Winston turnover machine per se, but, um, he's still not throwing. He's never thrown less than 10 picks in the NFL season. Uh, to me, that speaks volumes. Because he's been in the league for I think eight years now. I think 2012 he was drafted. 2011. Um, the other thing too about Cam Newton is his his drive. I've always questioned, and I know people said the rumors and stuff, but I want to point to one specific play for him. And I actually saw it on social media today. It was Super Bowl 50, and Von Miller gets a strip sack on him, 
and Cam takes about one, maybe two step towards the ball, and then he just stops and lets there be a dog pile for the ball. And I understand you're the franchise quarterback. You know, if you get hurt, that's detrimental to the team. But this is the Super Bowl. Like, this is what you play for. And, you know, I'm not an NFL player putting my body on the line, but I just would like to think that basically any other NFL quarterback is diving headfirst for that ball. Yeah. Yeah, that play is going to haunt him his entire career. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, unfortunately, that's a, that's a league MVP, and it was completely overshadowed that season by the fact that he didn't die for that ball. You know, but I just feel like we need to be critical of everybody if we're going to do that because Aaron Rodgers just did that this year, and I'm pretty sure it was in a playoff game. I'm almost positive it was in a playoff game. And that doesn't surprise me. I, Aaron Rodgers is definitely in a tier, a tier or two above Cam Newton. Um, but Rodgers isn't a guy that I really would want leading my franchise either. Yeah, talent's there, but I, I've always questioned the head of Aaron Rodgers. It gets more and more apparent every year. Let's, uh, let's. Right. I, I think you got to have both talent and the mind yeah. for it. Any, any last, uh, little tidbits on the Dolphins? Um, I just would say, watch out. You know, we got a really good head coach, young head coach, um, an underrated GM and Chris Greer. And those two were both clicking on the same page. Um, this is their first year together and they've made it all the right moves. Um, now that the New England dynasty is kind of starting to fall, I'm really excited to see uh, if those two can sneak in there and uh, take it over. All right, so last two notes. Who's under Who's under center week one for the Miami Dolphins? That would be Ryan Fitzpatrick, regardless of who we draft. Okay. And do you have a record prediction? Nine and seven. Is that their ceiling or is that your prediction? That's not our ceiling. Uh, I think that's just my prediction. Um, like I said, we're a young team. We're going to make stupid mistakes. It's probably going to cost us a game or two. Um, I think this its definitely this is going to be a stepping stone here. This isn't – we're not going to hit our ceiling this year, but um, we're definitely going to take a step in the right direction. Okay. Let's move on. Your former head coach gets fired for Blind Forest, heads up north, takes over the New York Jet job. They have Sam Darnold in place, who sees ghosts against New England's defense. The Jets, the <laughs> Jets are probably abominable right now, but uh, what do you think about the Jets? I am not high on them at all. Um, I think I mean, you gave a couple stats about just the franchise as a whole, how they have four division titles, and I don't remember how long you said exactly. The entire, it's the entire uh, history of the AFC East. They have four titles. Okay, that's atrocious. Um <laughs> And I, I think that just shows that's um, poor ownership. Um, and I think that just cascades down. They haven't really had a successful head coach since, I would say, Bill Parcells. Um, I don't want to throw Rex Ryan in there. I get he went to two AFC championship games, um, but that was about it. Um, the roster, in my opinion, is abysmal right now. Um, they lost their number one receiver, Robbie Anderson. He just left, went to Carolina, I believe. So let me, let me, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. Let me stop you there. You said their number one receiver. Is Robbie Anderson a number one receiver? No. That's half their problem. So continue. <laughs> yes. Yes. Their number one receiver was 
probably a number two, borderline number three, I, and he's gone. I think he's number three, personally, but continue. Okay. Um, Le'Veon Bell is carrying the offense, and, you know, no disrespect to his talent because it's obviously there. Um, but they don't have the O-line that he had in Pittsburgh, and there's no outside threat like there was in Pittsburgh. I think Le'Veon in, in, with the Steelers was the perfect storm of you had a veteran quarterback in Big Ben, you had um, A.B. and Smith-Schuster out, out wide, and then you had Bell at running back, and that was just ridiculous. And the Jets have none of that. So you load the box and force Sam Darnold to – throw to no one and that could be because they don't have receivers or because he's seeing ghosts whichever whichever argument you want to make yeah the, the thing is is like if you had to pick somebody right now again we haven't even gone through the draft but if you had to pick somebody to have the 2021 first round or number one overall pick it's got to be the jets they are definitely in that conversation i wouldn't say it's outright them um but they're definitely in that two to four team conversation. Yeah, I just I, I can't see what they could possibly do this season to flip the script. I don't care who they draft. They haven't done much of anything in free agency. They've actually lost key pieces. I don't know. I think this team's far behind and unfortunately what happens when you're far behind and you're two years deep into a head coach, a lot of times they don't see year three and then you fire a coach and you start over. It's I don't know if I had to put betting odds, if the, the jets are the worst team in the league halfway through the season, I could see Adam Gase getting fired. I just, at minimum, they're the worst in the division. They are the worst in the division. I, I, there's, there's no doubt about it to me. The only way there that there's going to be a team worse than them in the AFC East is if new England truly, truly has no answer post Tom Brady, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I don't think that's the case. Agreed. Yeah, and it's uh, – I don't think it's Sam Darnold. I don't think he's the problem at all. I think Sam Darnold's pretty good. He does – he's always been like this. He turns the ball over a lot. You know, honestly, yeah. everybody's hard on Jameis. I like Jameis. I, he turns the ball over crazy. Me and Brad talked about it yesterday. Brad brought it up. Jameis turned the ball over 35 times last year. Sam Darnold doesn't yeah, turn the I... ball over 35 times, but he turns it over a lot. He does, and that's not a winning formula. No. And, you know, part of that is probably coaching turnover and and not having any weapons. You're throwing to garbage cans, and, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I think they're they're my pick to finish last in the division, though. Clearly. Clear cut. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm not low on Darnold by any means, but I'm I'm not even remotely high on him. Like I said, you know, he had turnover problems even in college. Um, I remember watching the Rose Bowl when he was at USC against Ohio State, and he did not look like a first-round quarterback. He even looked like a draftable quarterback as far as I'm concerned in that game. Yeah. And, you know, if you wanted any – he did. And if you wanted to see any game film on what he looked like against the NFL defense, that was about as close as you were going to see because, you know, Ohio State sends, it seems like every year, four or five defensive players to the NFL. Um, I'm just – I'm not sold on his talent. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he's a good leader. Um, but I think he needs a lot of pieces around him, and the Jets don't have that. Yeah. Let's move into probably the favorite to win the East. The Buffalo Bills, last year they squeak into the playoffs. 
and unfortunately, they kind of shit the bed. They had a big lead over yeah. the Texans, and they, uh, they ended up giving that lead up. But they got a strong head coach. They got Sean McDermott, who's made the playoffs two out of three seasons. They found their quarterback, it seems like. They got, they got Josh Allen. He's definitely – I don't think they know what they have in Josh Allen. That's the one thing I, I will say. They, they don't know if they want him to run. They don't know if they want him to, to be in the pocket. They, I, I, just, I don't think Josh Allen even knows what they want of him. But agreed. they had John Brown who seemed like a great receiver for them. He's truly not a number one receiver. He's probably a, a two. And what do they do? They go out and get Stephon Diggs. Huge move. What do you What do you think of uh, the Bills? I think they're the absolute favorites to win the division. Um, you know, they've consistently proven they can even make the playoffs with the Patriots dynasty still being intact. Um, so you take that apart, and that just gives them even more of a cushion to make the playoffs. And then throw in the fact that the CBA just newly created now creates a seventh playoff seed. Um, I would be utterly shocked if the Bills didn't. I'd be shocked if they didn't win the division, let alone make the playoffs. Um, I think this offense is loaded. Um, Josh Allen is, I think he's the real deal. I think he's what you want in a franchise quarterback from talent and leadership and attitude um they have their head coach and those are the two biggest pieces if you have a head coach and you have a quarterback that are both on the same page you're going to go pretty far in this league and they have that um i love the digs ad their number one receiver was not a true number one and they go and get a number one um two fast stud receivers and they're gonna be a fun team to watch yeah yeah, for sure. I uh, it's it's a weird concept because prior to 2017, I want to say the Bills hadn't made the playoffs in a very long time. I don't know the number. I don't have it in front of me. It had been a long time. 1999, I believe. Was it that long? Okay, so almost, so just shy of 20 years, and it was the longest drought in the NFL at the time. And yep. they were pretty much abysmal. <laughs> They hadn't, you know, they, they were that team that would start off like four and oh, and then all of a sudden they'd lose every game after that. It would just, they'd always be that five and five and 11 team, and it, they just weren't good enough to get the number one pick. It, the Bills are just like, they're just past bad. They're not, they're not awful. They're just bad. They were never terrible in order to get good picks, but they built their team the right way. They've always been pretty good defensively over the last couple of years. They went through some head coaching changes, and they've turned it around. At this point, if they don't win the East this year, this is a crazy statement, but I think they fired their head coach because they're that good that they need somebody right now to make this team a playoff contender. It's a bold statement, but we've seen crazier things in the NFL, and they have a wide-open door to a – I don't want to say a first-round bye – because I don't think they're that good. No, because only one only one team in the conference gets a buy Not now. This year. That's twenty twenty one. I believe that was for the seventeen game season. I'm pretty sure it's seven oh, playoff teams oh, year okay. one. Interesting. So if that is the case, yeah, I believe the way it is harder. is. I mean, I just I don't I don't believe in Josh Allen to be. Josh Allen, if I were to give you my top 10 quarterbacks, Josh Allen's not in it. Agreed. He's also in his third season. 
But you know who else is in their third season? Pat Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but it just. Oh, right, but you're that. That's that's a once in a lifetime just, talent just and opportunity there. I literally so in their playoff game against the Texans in overtime, they have a drive to win the game. I don't know if you've seen this play. They're they're in their own they're in their own territory. They're on like the thirty or forty yard line. Josh Allen busted up field for a first down. He has a clear first down, and he decides he's going to pitch the ball behind him it's just it's that right there that just shows me your quarterback isn't ready for this moment and yeah i'm sorry that was the last game of the season so what tells what what is what has shown what has happened that tells me in 2020 he's going to be the guy to win the division i just uh i don't know i think he could hold him back if the bills are bad it won't be because of their head coach it will be because of josh allen but i could see Sean McDermott being the one to take the fall there. I don't think it's division or bust for the Bills. I do think it's playoff or bust. I think the fact that there is an opportunity to win the division now since the AFC East is wide open and now that there's a third wild card team, they basically could take any one of four spots, whether they it's the division or the three wild card seeds. Um, I think as long as they make the playoffs, I think they keep the team intact. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's just tough because they're they're good enough to win now. So, what if they go ten and six, and then either a Miami or New England goes eleven and five? Are you really going to punish the Bills for that? that? You know, that's a tough question because I I think the Dolphins are good enough to go eleven and five. I don't foresee them going eleven and five, but I could I could. They're good enough. Crazier things have happened. What's that? Crazier things have happened sure, than that. For sure, so for sure. And New England, what are we basing it off of? Bill Belichick? Are we basing it solely off Bill Belichick? Because truly, and we're let's just transition into New England right now. Let's just do it. So you've you've spent the last two years and you haven't replaced Rob Gronkowski. You let your Hall of Fame quarterback walk. You have. You lost your starting left tackle two years ago and you drafted a first rounder. He ended up getting hurt, played sparingly last year. Your captain center gets a blood clot issue. You can't control that. He's out all year. Your actual backup center actually played pretty good for him. You don't have a first, you don't have a number one receiver that can separate. They have nobody that can separate. Every single time you bring in your first round running back, Sony Michelle. Everyone stacks the box because they know you're going to run it because they can't catch the ball. They they were so one dimensional last year. It's not even funny. What what in that? Well, everything I just told you. They have made no roster moves this year. They've signed Brian Hoyer, who's a backup quarterback. In a they've signed like a fifth string receiver that I guarantee you probably won't be on the roster come week one. So, at that point, what tells you that team's going eleven and five? Nothing. Agreed. I I don't like I said. I don't think they are per se. I just you know I always hear from Patriots fans in Bill we trust. Oh, it, and... it is in Bill we trust, but I don't think in Bill we trust is is this year. Okay. Um. Yeah i 
I think they're definitely taking a step back. They're definitely not in the competing for a championship tier. And I think even if the, even if Tom did come back, I think that still would be in question just with the state of the roster as it is. Like you said, there's no number one receiver, no top tight end, losing a lot of key defensive players. Um, and I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if people aren't buying this Patriot way and, you know, military style running a team anymore or – if it's just they want more money. I, I don't know what the deal is, but it just seems like the Patriot dynasty is just crumbling all at once. To be fair, the Chinese fire drill-like free agency that's been going on in New England, where it's everybody leaving, it seems like they've gone to three teams. Tampa Bay stole Tom Brady. The other two teams, the Lions, head coach, former Patriot defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. The other team, Dolphins. Head coach, former defensive coordinator, Blind Forest. It, there's familiarity there is why those players are going there. They're get, going there to get paid. They're going there for the yeah. familiarity because they, they can step in and be a proven player. And I, Brady was gone. Why stick around? We're not winning a right. ring. We're not, it, nobody thinks Jared Stenham is winning a Super Bowl this year. Do I think Jared Stidham no, be but good? Absolutely. I believe. I believe that that Bill Belichick has a, a plan in place. And if that is Jared Stidham or if that is somebody different. But I don't think that this team is good enough to beat Buffalo. And therefore, I think, that, which brings me back to our, our, our argument here, but the Bills need to win the division. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. You're the best team. You're clearly the best team. And probably the second best coach team. Flores is good, but I think Sean McDermott's the second best coach there. And they need to take advantage of that. They need to take advantage of New England being down and uh, put their big boy pants on. I I honestly think New England's going to be down for multiple years. I don't think this is a one year down and they're right back up. You know, um, like we said with who they've lost, whether it be Brady or the key defensive players, you know, excluding Antonio Brown because that obviously didn't pan out. Outside of Stephon Gilmore, who has New England brought in that was already in the league that was like a well-known name in the last four or five years? Free agency or drafting or what are you talking about? Trading? For, like Free agency. Like you're convincing a player to sign with your team that is somewhat in their prime and is a Pro Bowl caliber player. Yeah. Yeah. I think – I think top guys don't want to do the drill sergeant coaching mentality that is in New England. And I'm not bashing it because obviously it's worked. 20 years, you got nine Super Bowl appearances. That That's ungodly. Um, it works. But even Teddy Bruschi's touched on it. You know, he played there 10 years, I believe. He is honestly impressed that Tom lasted 20 because it's just so rigorous and it's just so – it's so much mentally – on top of the physicality of the NFL, I think it deters guys away. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think this 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 drop for New England is going to last multiple years. Yeah, it. I don't know about multiple years, only because I I personally believe that they are. Any team can be good if you get one skill player, and you can make a splash. So if they're able to get a receiver in this draft 
and Akil Harry, who they already have, starts to pan out and they get a quarterback, I could see them being good again. I really can. The defense is still there. Bilicek's still going to be able to That's three big ifs. Uh... That wasn't just piece or two piece those are three ifs that's if you get a quarterback if you get a stud receiver and if Nikhil Harry steps up what if what if the quarterback I think that's what if the quarterback ifs. on the roster is still what if Jared Sinem is as good as Jimmy Garoppolo I don't I don't know man I just I don't think it's uh I don't think New England's gonna go into a five-year drought let's just say that I, I'm not saying they're going to be a Super Bowl contender in two years. I just here's the thing: I think the worst they could possibly go this year is five and eleven, and that's if they suck. Like they're terrible. They're still going to win five games. I, I coaching alone, Belichick's good for five wins. That's my opinion, and I think that roughly if I had to put a number on it, for some reason eight and eight keeps sticking out to me. And if you think the Dolphins are nine and seven, eight and eight sounds real good to me because I think we're slightly worse talent wise than you, but we're better coached. So therefore we should be right there with you guys. I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the AFC East turns into how the AFC North was where there's really two top teams for seven or eight years. Um, the North, it was the Ravens and Steelers. I could see the bills and the dolphins doing that in the East. You know, they've got their head coaches in place. They've got a lot of key pieces in place, just missing a couple, couple areas. Um, I think new England's really going to drop off. And, you know, I think we're on the same page as where the jets are at, at the floor. Um, I think this window's wide open and especially with the new playoff format, I could see um, dolphins bills really turning into a Steelers Ravens. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, AFC Brady's gone lots of uh lots of wide open here but you return Pat Mahomes you return Andy Reid that roster is still very good where do you uh where do you have the Chiefs until the 40 million dollar rumored extension the AFC goes through Kansas City and then what happens you think they're still a contender though they contend, but the AFC does not outright go through them. I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone that wouldn't put their money on the Kansas City Chiefs going to yeah. the Super Bowl. You know, there's maybe one or two other teams in the AFC that could truly compete with them on a, any given Sunday. And I think ultimately Kansas City is head and shoulders you above think the rest. Head and above the Ravens. I do. I think Lamar Jackson's going to take a step back this year. Okay. So let's move. Let's move. Right to the Ravens. I think he caught by surprise this year. You, you okay. Think yep. What? I just think he takes a step back this year. I think he really caught people off guard uh, to start the year, and I think that showed in the playoffs. Um, he, by no means is he a running back. He he is a quarterback in this league. Um. But I just think I just don't think he's remotely on the Pat Mahomes level, and I don't think they have the same weapons that Kansas City does. And I would put them pretty even in terms of defense. Yeah, the Ravens just shored up the defensive line, bringing in Campbell. They bring in Michael Brockers. They uh, already have Earl Thomas. They already have Marcus Peters. They already have 
that defensive presence that they've had for years. You come into Baltimore, you know you're going to be hitting on the defense. That's just that's just the persona that they have. Hopefully they're going to have a Hollywood Brown that's yeah. healthy. Mark Ingram was an absolute beast for them last year until he got hurt late in the season. Uh, the Ravens are still going to be good. You think they win the North? Absolutely. What about their what about the their little I don't know, their, their rival. I don't want to call them their little brother, but the Steelers are definitely they're down right now. We don't know if they're going to bounce back. Uh what do you think about the Steelers? We don't know about Big Ben. They're just they're that team that's going to be coached. They're going to, they're going to be in New England. They're not going to lose under 5 games because they're just too well coached. So what what do you think about the Steelers? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be – I think they're actually going to take a step back from last year. I think um, teams kind of have them figured out now. You know, even if Big Ben's at quarterback, you know, how much does he really have left in the tank? He's taken a beating in his career. He's been a, you know, I'm going to take the hit in the pocket or I'm going to scramble. Um, and that's starting to catch up with him. Um, their number one receiver is, in my opinion, not a number one receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's an amazing talent. But I think he was very much exposed being the number one receiver this year, not having Antonio Brown on the other side of the field. What about um, – uh, Go ahead. What about Big Ben? We just, you just touched on him. You know, everybody is so quick to throw the cliff theory at Tom Brady. He's old. He's washed. He can't do this. He can't do that. Nobody ever does it for Drew Brees, and nobody ever does it for Ben. What do you think about Ben? Do you think he falls off a cliff soon, or you think uh, he sticks around until he's just hurt? I think he's at the cliff. You know, honestly, I've kind of gone against the um, stream with those three quarterbacks that you mentioned. Um, I'm really high on Breeze and Brady. You know, I get that they're old, but the one big thing those two really have is they don't have a huge injury history. You know, Drew Brees had a shoulder injury very early in his career that he is clearly surpassed that's been made very apparent in the last 12 yeah. years um brady had the acl tear in 07 excuse me 08 um outside of that those two guys have been healthy and that is not the case for ben and i think that's the, that's the to me that's the biggest factor um the other thing is i don't think ben was ever in their tier um i think big ben is a hall of famer but he is not in the yeah, but he is not in the Drew Brees, Tom Brady conversation. So I think it's absolutely fair to say that um, that cliff is dangerously approaching for Ben Roethlisberger versus Brady and Brees, which is shocking because he's, if I'm not mistaken, like seven years younger. Wow. If that's true, that's crazy. I'm sorry, maybe not seven. Maybe it's five but he he is younger by several yeah. years well the Steelers well, I guess we'll just have to sit pad on them see if Ben Roethlisberger plays and see, see what they turn up in the draft they don't have a first round pick they gave that to you guys <laughs> so a couple different which real quick on that trade I think that trade won for both teams I think you know, safety is not free. Safety is not a position you need on a rebuilding team, but a first round pick for a more key position is very valuable. And Pittsburgh at the time viewed themselves as a win now team. 
and thought a safety would be a key piece for them. And while he was very good for them, obviously that didn't really translate to um, wins per se. But I think that trade was good for both teams. 100% agree with you. But only time will tell if it stays a good trade. Agreed. As of right now, it's it, yeah, it's an I even agree. trade. So a couple different teams in the AFC South. The AFC South is super wide open as well, in my opinion. So you got you got the Colts. They lose Andrew Luck. They bring in Philip Rivers. I made a bold prediction on the pod last night that I don't think Rivers is actually going to be the week one starter. Just my opinion. We'll see. You still have the Titans, who made a super strong one last year. They re-signed Tannehill. They're bringing back Derrick Henry on a tag. The Texans, dear Lord, they seem like a train wreck, but they're still back-to-back division winners. And they still have Deshaun Watson. And then you have the Jags, who you would think are the worst team, but they play pretty good. They have a a solid quarterback with Gardner Minshew. They have Leonard Fournette. What's your predictions out of the South? Uh, The South's crazy. I think that's the most um, diverse division. A lot of strengths and weaknesses across the board. Um, I think it's a pretty straightforward one through four of what the standings are going to be. I think that's probably the most clear cut division. If not, if it's not the East, it's the South. Um, I think, I think the Titans step up. I think they win the division. Um, I'm happy for Tannehill. I'm glad he got the contract. I don't know how justified it is because I think he threw what 26 passes in, in, in the, last two playoff games or something, some crazy stat like that. Personally, um, that, that, if they would have given him the chance, I do think he would have succeeded. I just think they were scared. Agreed. Um, you know, th- that offense obviously is carried by Derrick Henry. Um, so at least they kept him on the tag as long as he reports. Um, but, yeah, if Derrick Henry's there, they're winning the division. Um, I see the Colts actually finishing second. I think I disagree with you on the Philip Rivers stance. I think he is the week one starter. I think there's a reason they gave him one year 25 mil. They didn't give him that to be the backup to groom Jacoby Brissett because Brissett's already learned from Tom Brady. Um, that's not a guy you need to mentor at that point. So I think they're bringing Philip in to see what they can do now. You know, Tom Brady leaves the AFC. That helps the wild card chances. Again, going back to the new CBA with that third wild card team. And a weekend AFC South, I think the Colts definitely have a chance to finish second in the division and compete for a wild card spot. Um, I think Houston's a mess right now. Um, Bill O'Brien, I don't know what he's doing. Um, I don't bash him for the Tunsil trade. You know, getting a left tackle to fix your most sacked quarterback in the league makes sense. Um, but two first was a lot. But again, you want to protect your franchise quarterback. But the DeAndre Hawkins trade just doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, you touched on it. You know, Patriots traded a second for Mohamed Sanu, and I don't put Mohamed Sanu and DeAndre Hawkins in the same tier by any Not means. Not even close. So, no. So, I think Houston's third in that division. They're missing the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved to Sean. He's that disgruntled um, per these – you know, tweets and whatnot. 
And I still got the Jags in last. Yeah. Um, I'm not sold on Gardner Minshew. He he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. It's a fun story, and you know the social media and the the mustache one. Like, I get all that. Um, I just don't see that as a very successful football team right now. Okay. Well, let's uh let's hit you with one more. Who's winning the AFC? Who's winning the AFC? Kansas Who's City. Winning the AFC East. Bills. Okay. Well, we did a deep dive into the AFC East. We did one yesterday in the AFC North. We uh, kind of touched on a lot of AFC today. Another hour-long episode, back-to-back nights. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we're definitely going to have you on again soon. We have uh, some NBA talk that we're going to do together. Some hypotheticals that we want to touch on as a little, a little look into the future slash past. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit of Tom Brady and Tampa Bay too. So thank you for coming on. Hope you had fun. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Take care. Have a good night. Thanks. You too.